You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus. At the 10-yard line, second and eight. Three wide receivers now in motion as Bumpus left to right. Julius Jones with single setback. Matt Pumpfakes looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown, Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus, and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team. Powered by Seahawks.com. Welcome to Hawk Talk Recap Edition. Victory Monday is finally here. We've waited three weeks for this day. And it's a pleasure to get to the trenches with Ray Roberts after W. It's time to go inside the trenches with former Seahawk Ray Roberts. Big Ray, these Hawks get a win on Sunday versus the Jacksonville Jaguars, 31-7. to And the offensive production wasn't great. You look at the numbers, you're like, man, they must have just rushed for a lot of yards, passed for a lot of yards. But it was more about being efficient and taking uh, the opportunities that this defense was giving them. What do you think about this offense? Yeah, you know, uh, the first thought I had was, you know, I'm a big believer that, you know, in order to tell the whole story, you have to have the data or the stats and the narrative. And this is one of those situations. If you just look, if you're across the country and you didn't see the game, you just looked at the, the stats, you'd be like, man, like what, why is Seattle so excited about what just happened? They didn't really do anything on offense. They didn't run the ball the, the way they wanted to run the ball and this, that, this, that, and the third. But the, the narrative that goes along with that is that, man, this offense looked efficient. It looked, um, you know, connected. They're, the run game, and the passing game seemed to have a rhythm to it. The play calling had a rhythm to it. And then, you know, this morning I got up and I was thinking about um, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. And all I could think about was the uh, the Jay-Z song, Allow Me to Reintroduce Myself. Because uh, because they <laughs> reintroduced themselves to the league and to what they're capable of. DK didn't have the yardage, but he had two big touchdowns. And then uh, Tyler had, you know, over 120 yards receiving. So, uh, it was really good to see them get back in the mix. So even with the passing, it wasn't spread around to a whole bunch of guys. But we talked in the pregame about getting the ball to your pro, um, you know, getting the pro bowlers to make plays. And that's what they focused on uh, with this offense. In the second half, uh, I think they they kind of got a, a little cute, a little too cute a little bit in the running game. I think they should have stuck with Alex Collins just a little bit longer and he should have had more than 10 carries. But I also know that they were trying to work out you know, some kinks with uh, Rashard Penny and kind of seeing, seeing where he is. But overall, I was pretty pleased with what the offense did. Speaking of Alex Collins, do you think he should be the guy until Chris Carson comes back? Or do you still want to see if Rashad Penny can get going, if DJ Dallas can contribute, if Travis Homer can do his thing? How do you feel about that? Well, well the thing with me uh, is that it, it takes a – this is another one of those things where I don't think people really truly understand. And they talk about the rhythm of the quarterbacks and the and the receivers and the tight ends and the skill position guys, and they don't really consider the rhythm that it takes for an offensive line and a running back. And, uh, and you know, Turbo talks about this a lot in, in you know during our pre- and post-game show. It takes it, – it may take, you know, a couple quarters or, you know, like 15, 10, 12 carries for, for a running back to really get into a rhythm with the offensive line. And and uh, Collins seemed like he is able to get into that rhythm a lot faster, but then they cut back on his reps. And so I understand trying to understand, you know, where Penny is and with the injuries and all that, but we just keep saying the same old Penny. Like, I, you don't see the production that you think that he could have. He's a bigger back with some speed and with some power, but he doesn't, like, really come through like that. And so I think you're either at this point of the season where you're trying to get wins and maybe it's just 
somebody's feelings just have to be hurt because we don't have time to try to develop someone. I think Alex Collins should be the guy, and then when he's tired, these guys can come in and get some reps, but they shouldn't be taking reps from Alex Collins if he's grooved with the offensive line and gaining yards. He was averaging, you know, almost five yards a carry at halftime and then finished the game averaging about four yards, a little over four, about four and a half yards a carry, but he only had 10 carries. I like it. It's not personal. It is business. And let's get back to business on that offensive line. You had Fuller and Posted go at it this past game. Who do you like more at the center spot? Who stood out to you? Well, you know, the thing that's interesting is that, uh, you know, I was just kind of hearing through some of the reporting and things that um, that uh, uh, Gino feels comfortable with Posick, uh, probably because they were like, you know, running second team reps a lot in practice in the past, and they tend to have a rhythm and a communication uh, that make, that uh, helps Gino feel a little bit more comfortable. And so, you know, I said in the pregame, I thought this was a matter of communication and less of a matter of like actual uh playing style and so I think that showed itself yesterday you could even see you know along the offensive line where uh the center and the quarterback were talking to each other before the snap that everyone's pointing and communicating with some of the stuff we didn't see when Kyle Fuller was in there so I think it really boils down to uh like the communication and getting everybody on the right page and in the right direction and then the play you know I can't say that uh Posick was you know miles above what Fuller did, but it was, but it seemed to be a little bit more stable based on like the communication. What'd you think of Daryl Taylor? He was banged up against the Steelers, I believe against Steelers um, flew back with the team. Now you look at the stat sheet, you're not going to see a lot of tackles. You're not going to see passes broken up or sacks, but it seemed like he affected the game. What'd you see out of him? Yeah. I mean, essentially, you know, this is, you know, this dude is a rookie right now, you know, and he's trying to like work things out. And I watched him on every play that he was in because there's something about him that makes you want to watch him. And that's a good thing. And, and what I will tell you is that the more reps he gets and the more understanding he gets of how to flatten out the top of his pass rush, this dude is going to get sacked by the bunches because he was so close, like at least two or three times uh, yesterday where he was trying to get around the corner and maybe just got his off balance a little too much and slipped and, and missed the quarterback, was right at the quarterback's feet, or the quarterback had room to step up. So if the, if the more push we get in the middle and the more he learns how to flatten off the top of his pass rush, this dude is going to get a lot of sacks, dude. He is, he is around the quarterback too much for sacks not to come. Yeah, it's um, I like that you're excited about a rookie that still has so much to learn about the game. Okay, last one I got for you, Ray. Hawks are three and five going in to uh, are they're three and five through eight games. Now they got two really big games coming up: the Packers and the Cardinals. How do you feel about their playoff chances right now? You know what, man? Like I, I, I try to you know, trying to figure out the whole playoff mathematics and stuff is a is a little bit challenging for me. <laughs> so what I'd like <laughs> for them to do is just do what they did in this game, like keep keep it all in perspective and then just handle it one game at a time. Be, be the best Seahawks team you can be for that one game, and then you're going to have to let the chips fall where they may. Because essentially, you know, if you really want to think about it, they're already in playoff football. Like they, ha- they have to win as many games as they can to give themselves a chance to get to the big dance. And so, uh, and so right now, they can't afford to lose games that they shouldn't lose, and they got to win games that they're not supposed to win. So to me, that's playoff, playoff atmosphere already. So every week. It's the most important week. Every game is the most important game. Every win is the most is a must win. Otherwise, you fall farther and farther away from the playoff opportunities.
Just win, baby. All right, Big Ray, man. Appreciate your time. Talk to you soon. Yes, sir. All right, that was Big Ray in the trenches. Now let's bring in NASA Chobie. Let's figure out what happened. See what had happened at first was. <laughs> what happened was. What had happened was. On Hawk Talk. Losing streak is over. Finally, the Seahawks get it done and get their first win since October 3rd against the San Francisco 49ers. Bump, it's only been a couple weeks, but it felt like an eternity straight up, man. Uh, it was so great to see this offense and this team get things going. And it was a it was a total team effort on all sides of the ball, offense, defense, special teams. And things got going great again. So two weeks ago against the Saints on Monday night, the Seahawks started off great. They had that long pass to DK Metcalf and essentially did nothing after that. Well, on Sunday, they were able to can be more consistent. Um, they started scoring on three of their first four possessions. First possession, Geno Smith engineered a great 10-play, 80-yard drive, ending with a one-yard touchdown as he dove over the top. Then, following Quandre Diggs' interception, Geno led another eight-play, 73-yard drive, ending in a perfect 16-yard touchdown pass to DK Metcalf, which we'll break down later. Um, but it was just great to see. I mean, Geno played his best ball of the season, made plays, took care of the football, and bump on the other side, Jacksonville, let's just be real, man. They looked like you'd expect a 1-in-5 team to look. Couldn't get out of their own way. Penalized 12 times for 93 yards. They were 5 of 14 on third downs, 1 of 4 on fourth downs, and they did not score until 149 left in the fourth quarter, and that took it to a fourth and goal from the five-yard line bump. So it was great to see what the Seahawks did. Uh, you don't want to take too much from a victory like that, but – Number one, never apologize for wins in the National Football League. It's hard each and every week. The Jaguars are playing some pretty decent football coming into the game, coming off their first win in 399 days. Um, but it was good to see them handle the team they're supposed to handle. Yeah, I thought the Jags would put up more of a fight, honestly. Offensively, I thought maybe they put up a couple more points, but they didn't do that. You mentioned they didn't score until 149 left in the fourth quarter. Trevor Lawrence, he looked like a rookie, finished the game 32 of 54, 238 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Defensively, the Seahawks followed up a great effort after playing the New Orleans Saints. That was impressive. Against the Saints, they gave up 304 yards. This week, they gave up 309. 80 of those yards came on the last drive in the fourth quarter when it was 24-0. to um, Just like last year, have we seen this defense turn a corner? I hope we have. I am optimistic. I like that Diggs is getting involved again. He has an interception. We're going to talk about him and what he's done in NFL history this year. Um not, I think, only one sack, I believe, on the quarterback. But yep. it seemed like this defensive line was always around the quarterback. Jamal Adams didn't make the big splash plays, but he's playing solid. They might be turning a corner. When you get out the bye week, they'll be tested by the Green Bay Packers for sure. Let's highlight some of these playmakers. Touchdown, Seahawks! Playmakers. Show them what time it is! Well, let's start with the quarterback, number seven, Geno Smith, turning his best performance of the season, going 20 of 24 for 195 yards, two touchdowns, also one rushing touchdown. Started the game with 14 straight completions. That is the longest streak in the National Football League this season. Had a quarterback rating of 128.3. And Geno, man, I, you just love to see it, man. And the thing about Geno yesterday that was really, really impressive to me was not only did he start 14-14, not only did he not turn the ball over, he wasn't 
he was making the throws. Yes, DK makes a great catch, and there's a couple other ones, but he was putting, he was throwing dimes, first, frankly, and he was yeah. making throws. He was throwing guys open. He looked like he was in a rhythm, and number one, he was getting the ball out fast. Yes, he did get sacked a couple times, but for the majority of the football game, he was not holding onto the ball. The ball was coming out quick, and the offense just flowed. Yeah, offense looked good. It looked efficient. D- DK contributed to that. He has six receptions, 43 yards, and two touchdowns. Caught both of his touchdowns on former teammate Shaquille Griffin. After the game, he kind of downplayed it. You know, it was no big deal. But uh, you know, there was something behind oh, yeah. that. Oh, you know, yeah. you're, you you like catching touchdowns regardless, but you do it against a former teammate, that has to feel good. Tyler Lockett had 12 receptions, 13 targets for 142 yards, his 13th 100-yard game. We talked during the game. It was essential that you got this guy going, and they went into this game thinking, we got to get 16 back. So both of your number one and number two receivers had games, and like Ray said, they reintroduced themselves to the league. Oh, no question about it. You, If this offense is going to be explosive and, and operate at a high level, obviously need to run the ball, but DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett need to be involved early and often. It was great to see that on Sunday because these two are probably the best, one of the best duos in the National Football League. And you got two great weapons, so you got to use them. So love to see that. Defensively, we you mentioned it earlier, that was one of the best performances we've seen all year. They followed it up, two really good performances. Bobby Wagner, just typical Bobby. You check the box score, you know he's going to have double-digit tackles. Another solid night for Bobby with 14 tackles yesterday. Jamal Adams, you mentioned, he had 10 tackles. Nothing crazy, but I like the way he played. I felt like he was very much under control. I don't believe he had any missed tackles. He was around the line of scrimmage. He had a nice hit on Lawrence. Um, nothing good coverage, nothing happened down the field. So it was good to see him just play consistent. I think the sacks and some of those other things are going to come, but it's good to see him kind of get things back controlled. And when the tandem of the safeties are playing well, that's when this defense is functioning at a high level. Quandre Diggs, man, three tackles, two passes defended, one interception. The only player in the NFL to record at least three interceptions in each of the past five seasons. He's doing it in 28 games with the Seahawks. He has 11 interceptions, man. So Quandre Diggs, those two are starting to play. Quandre's been consistent the entire season. We know that. But him and Jamal Adams, I think, are finally finding that sweet spot from the safety position, and they're really uh, stabilizing this defense on the back end. Yeah, that back end is tight right now. And a guy who contributes in the back end also comes in when you go dime and nickel. Uh, Ryan Neal had four tackles, one tackle for loss, and one sack, two QB hits. This guy has been sneaky consistent as well. Whatever you ask him to do, he is going to perform. Also contributes on special teams. Big ups to Ryan Neal. All right, let's go to the receiver roundup. Like we mentioned, Tyler Lockett had 12 receptions, 442 yards, a long of 28. That was on a little double pass. Uh, DK Metcalf was six for 43, six targets, six catches, two touchdowns. Very efficient. Gerald Everett had one for seven. Travis Homer had one for three. Now let's go into the coach's corner and break down this DK touchdown. Shotgun formation, play fake, looks far side. Throws, puts the ball up, reaching up, making a catch. DK Metcalf, touchdown, Seahawks. DK, I believe it was over Shaq Griffin from 16 yards. Geno Smith is perfect here in this first half today. Yeah, that was um, really simple, right? When you think about the concept or the scheme of this thing, the Jaguars line up in man. Jags played a lot more man than I thought that they were going to play. So they line up in man, 
And um, DK is your number one receiver. Your number two, you have Lockett. Number three, you have Freddie Swain. What Swain does, he runs what we call use some under Sam over Mike. Then he hitches it up and whips it back outside. Uh, Lockett knows he's not going to get this football there. And man, he's like, look, I'm just going to have a bubble. I'm just going to get to the sideline and kind of open up throwing lanes for Gino to see DK does a great job of getting on the defender's toes, being patient, gives a nice jab inside, gets outside. Impressive catch, but that throw is on point too. It's the back shoulder throw. He knows that he has a 6'3, 6'4 receiver who can, who can go up and get it. DK does exactly that. Sorry, Shaq. You're playing for the wrong team now. <laughs> no, I, I think, you, I mean, first of all, you're right. Geno Smith throws a perfect football. He throws it to the only place that DK Metcalf to make the intercept or the reception uh, place where Shaq can't really get there. And the good thing about Shaq on this play, too, honestly, if you're, you're breaking the tape down from a Jaguar standpoint, he defends this pretty damn well. He yeah. gets in, he gets in phase, boom, he turns and runs with him, and he even turns around for the ball. Unfortunately, he's kind of in an in between as he's turned around for the ball, couldn't really get elevation, and DK had something to do with that and catches the touchdown right over his former teammate. You alluded to it earlier. Obviously, DK downplayed it in the postgame press conference, but you love going up against former teammates, former friends. You did this in practice for years, and it was cool to see DK go up top and make a play over his former teammate. Um, Shaquille Griffin, now he, the Seahawks, he did a lot of good things for the Seahawks. Um, he was one. He went to a Pro Bowl, did a lot of good things there. He's making $13 million in Jacksonville. Um, I think the Seahawks made the right decision in that sense, um, but Great to see DK go up and make a play. Big ups to Geno Smith for making a good throw, and that's exactly what you want to see. That's how you draw it up. But now, for the first time in almost a month, it is time for our <laughs> favorite formation, victory formation. Let's go. Here comes the Seahawks offense onto the field and the Vikings defense trudging out there, knowing that one kneel down and the Seahawks are going to wind the clock down and win this one. It's the Victory Formation on Hawk Talk. Victory Formation. The Seahawks get it done for the first time in almost a month. It was a total team effort on Sunday. All phases of the game got her done. The defense essentially shut down everything the Jags tried to do offensively. James Robinson was knocked out the game early, ended with four carries, 22 yards. Carlos Hyde tried to hop in and, and fill in a, fill a void. Just didn't happen. The offense was efficient. They took care of the football, made big plays, and did not force anything. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was great to see from all sides of the ball, as you mentioned, total team effort. Special teams helped with the field position. The Jaguars started, I think their starting field position was like the 22-yard line all game long. They're constantly backed up, starting drives on the 10-yard line and so forth. And then you score on special teams. Big up to Travis Homer, man. He's a guy that I think – a lot of people love to throw shade at because, when first of all, when he's in the game, it's third and usually third and long, sometimes third yeah. and 20. So maybe you get a little draw play, just get out of the drive. So a lot of people are like, oh, man, what does he do to contribute? He does it all, man. Maybe it's not running the football, but he's a great and pass pro. I was like, that's very known. We've talked about it a ton. And then on special teams, he contributes a lot. And he had the presence of mind because on the onside kick, they returns for a touchdown. They kicked to him the first time. They called, we called timeout, got reset. They kicked it to him again, and he saw what happened the first time. He's like, oh, if they kick it to me again the way they're playing me, I think I can split these two. He does that. He takes it to the house. So great to see special teams contributing. Um, and then Lockett, man, the offense. Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, super involved. Lockett, this was the first game over 57 yards since week two, so it's been too long. So great to see Tyler Lockett making big plays again. Geno Smith showed us that he can put a game together. Started the game 14 of 14, ended 
20 of 24 and took care of the football. That's really what we wanted to see. We we all were in agreement that he didn't have to go out and win the game, but you can't lose the game, but you're going to be asked to make a couple of throws. Quandre Diggs continues to show that he's a ball hawk. This guy, and it wasn't even like a, a great interception. Right. But if he's not doing his job, if he's not where he's supposed to be, he's not going to make that interception. So Quandre, man, sneakily the most consistent player on this football team this year. Absolutely love to see Diggs balling out. Yes, they were the Jaguars, but the Seahawks needed this game in the worst way, and it should help building confidence moving forward. You know, they talk about it all the time at basketball. You're struggling shooting the ball, get to the cup, get to the rack, get to the free throw line, see a couple of balls go through the through the net. Now you start getting confidence. And I think that's where the Seahawks are right now. They're at a they're at a point in their season. They're three and five. They're heading into the bye week. So good time to get guys healed up, rested. And when they come back from the bye week, it's real. Back to back, really hard games. You got at the Packers and Cardinals. Those two games will, if the Seahawks can somehow find a way to win those games or at the very least split, you have to split at the very least. You have a chance because we talked about this in the post game show. You have games against the 49ers, the Lions, the Bears. Um, so there's winnable games there. You're just going to need to steal one or two, as Ray mentioned early on. They're kind of already in playoff mode, but they're not that far out of it. The Cowboys did the Seahawks a huge solid last night. Yep. With, the, with the Vikings taking an L, they're three and four. Uh, the Carolina Panthers are four and four. And those are the teams you're chasing, and you're three and five. So you're right there in the thick of it. You just got to win some games. And, you know, hopefully the second half of the season, we're talking about a lot of good things, a lot of Seahawks wins, and hopefully a playoff picture that the Seahawks are contending for. Take care of business. Rest up during this bye. Come back ready to go. Like Nas mentioned, you got the Packers and the Cardinals. Man, feels good to talk about a victory on Victory Monday. It's been real. This is the Hawk Talk Recap Edition. I am Michael Bumpus. He is NASA Chobie. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll talk to you guys in a couple weeks.